Welcome and thank you for taking time out today to seek God. This is a brave choice. Whether you believe or struggle with belief, seeking God is the greatest thing that you can do. And here, we take the risk that God is in fact there and more wants us to pursue Him. In the time we have, we'll worship by praying, reading scripture, and reflecting. This is your time. I'm only here to help. If you're able, and I say this all the time, consider bowing down. Calming our bodies and minds is not only relaxing, but it reminds us of our own limits and that a non-physical God is sought in non-physical ways. But what really matters most is that this time is set apart and is unique. So once you're comfortable, let's begin. Close your eyes and take a breath. You are about to speak to the creator of everything. And this isn't meditation, which is turning inward. Prayer is intentionally reaching outward to the source of everything. We're reaching into the void and what will happen is unknown. But haven't you found that that's where all adventures are? Now speak out loud or in your mind. Of course, God is not limited to what is spoken. He knows even your deepest thoughts, your deepest feelings. So express your intentions. You can say, God, how many times must I come back to you with the same issues? Are you sick of me yet? What do I do with the junk I just can't get rid of? Take a moment and express these thoughts to God in your own way. Now we'll read scripture, and we do so because we believe that God has communicated. He's revealed himself to people. They've written it down for our benefit. We don't have to understand it or be Bible scholars, but it is important that we receive it and believe that God communicates. Today we'll read the beautiful story of Jesus washing his disciples' feet in John 13, starting in verse 3. Jesus knew that the Father had given everything into his hands and that he had come from God and that he was going back to God. So he got up from the supper, laid aside his robe, took a towel and tied it around himself. Next, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and to dry them with the towel tied around him. The one of God going back to God does the work of a servant, cleaning the feet of his disciples. Of course, we all know how filthy feet can get in sandals on a dusty road in an agrarian world without indoor plumbing. But that's beside the point. Jesus has more on his mind than feet. Peter refuses. But so important is this act that he tells Peter, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part of me. So Peter does Peter. Then wash everything. But Jesus doesn't need to. Peter is clean. Only his feet remain. Jesus knows they're confused and says, 
you'll understand afterward. Perhaps we'll never, in all eternity, truly grasp this act. But we can marvel in the meantime. The disciples, with the exception of Judas, per the story, and even he got a foot washing, were already clean. But their feet required maintenance. The feet are the only part of the body to make contact with the ground regularly. It's understandable they'd get dirty. And it seems obvious that the dirtiness is more than dirt. Judas was unclean because he was about to betray Jesus. He didn't truly belong. His case was terminal. He was destined for destruction. But the disciples were clean because of Jesus. Well, mostly clean, anyway. You too, in Jesus, are clean and yet. There are parts of you that regularly make contact with the dirt. And you find yourself yet again in need of cleaning. Not the whole of you, just a part. Incredibly, you are not responsible for cleaning your own mess. Confused? Jesus makes it clear. If he doesn't do it, then you have no part with him. You are not the one to clean yourself. You have one job, and that is to sit there quietly, humbly, and allow the Son of the universe to serve you yet again in all his beauty. To wash off that bit of extra grime yet again, and just be ready. You'll need the same treatment again soon enough, and he always stands ready. There are only so many ways to get feet dirty. You're limited. You're not unique. All of us in Jesus need to return to him again and again for this washing. It seems his pleasure to do so. And without it, we have no part in him, so don't hesitate. There is another story this reminds me of. It's recorded in all four Gospels. Mary cares deeply for Jesus' feet. She cries and wets them with her tears. She pours out expensive perfume on them and wipes them with her hair. She even kisses them. Clearly, Jesus was in no need of moral cleaning. This is different. She was the one cleaned by him. She was the sinful woman, after all. She was so moved and so in tune with Jesus that she prophetically prepared him for his work. In response to what he had already cleaned in her, she used what was at her disposal to worship. She had tears, perfume, and hair. She had kisses. And in response to Jesus, she poured them out on his feet and he received it. You do not impress Jesus with your goodness. It's never been that way. You cooperate with Jesus when you allow him to do what he wants. And that is to clean you repeatedly. And in response, you too, like Mary, can use whatever is at your disposal to pour out worship on his beautiful feet. 
God, I'm moved. Just thinking about you. How wonderful you are. Again and again, I'm brought back to you. I need you. Wash my feet. Receive my tears. I love you. Take a moment and express these thoughts to God in your own way. Feel free to stay as long as you like. May God bless your day, and I look forward to being here with you again next time.